Let's talk about what to do when you're experiencing selective mutism or being nonverbal. I'm not sure how many of you guys have heard of selective mutism or being nonverbal, but this is a pretty common experience of autistic individuals. The most common knowledge we have of a nonverbal autistic individual is when we think about an autistic person that is more severely autistic to a point where they don't talk or communicate with other people. These are people that we stereotypically would see humming or making noises but not actually being able to verbally communicate with others. It's not necessarily that they don't have a voice, it's just the inability to connect your thoughts to your speech. But what I don't see being talked about much is how this affects other individuals with autism who are still able to talk for the most part, but will go through certain types of moments of being mute and being nonverbal in our lives what makes us become nonverbal, how to cope when it happens, and how to come out of those bouts of selective mutism. So the reason why I say selective mutism and being nonverbal is just because these are two different ways of saying similar things. So selective mutism is a severe anxiety disorder where a person is unable to speak in certain social situations such as with classmates at school or to relatives they don't see very often. It usually starts during childhood and left untreated can persist into adulthood. A child or adult with selective mutism doesn't refuse or choose not to speak. They're literally unable to speak. However, people with selective mutism are able to speak freely to certain people, such as close family and friends, when nobody else is around to trigger the freeze response. Selective mutism affects about 1 in 140 young children. It's more common in girls and children who are learning a second language, such as those who've recently migrated from their country of birth. So this is important because selective mutism isn't just something that happens to autistic individuals. As you can see, it could happen to anyone, no matter where you come from and no matter what uh, disorders or disabilities you live with. But this is a pretty common experience amongst autistic individuals because I believe it is a part of how we process things neurologically. There sometimes is a disconnect between our minds and being able to physically express what's going on in our heads. But also sometimes it's to a point where we can't even formulate our thoughts at all. So even if we are able to speak, we may not even have the words at times to be able to say out loud. So there's two aspects to selective mutism or being nonverbal is the thought process and also the physical connection between your mind and your body. So now going deeper into the details of being nonverbal and autism and how that correlates, autistic people may have difficulty talking to or carrying a conversation with another person, but those who are non-speaking do not speak at all. 
There are several reasons for this. It may be because they have apraxia of speech, a disorder that affects certain brain pathways. It can interfere with a person's ability to say what they want correctly. It may also be because they have not developed verbal communication skills. Some children may lose verbal skills as symptoms of the condition, worsen and become more noticeable. Some autistic kids may also have echolalia, which causes them to repeat words or phrases over and over. It can make communication difficult. It's kind of sad to me that as I was trying to do research for this video, I don't really find much research at all outside of just non-speaking autism as its own thing. As if the only way you could struggle with this is if you are a non-speaking autistic person. When in reality, I do think a lot of autistic individuals do struggle with being nonverbal. I think as we always repeat over and over again, it's a spectrum, right? In today's video, I really want to talk about my specific experiences with being nonverbal and how that correlates with my autism. Also providing advice with what I do when I am experiencing being nonverbal so that those out there who may relate to me can either learn something new about themselves or if you guys already know that you do struggle with being nonverbal, you can actually implement some of the advice I have to give so that you could see whether or not these tips and tricks can work for you and it could benefit your life. So a lot of the times, the symptoms of autism is most commonly seen as behavioral issues or behavioral problems. There's moments in my life as a child where I would experience being nonverbal. Even to this day, I experience being nonverbal quite often. This is something that has always affected me and affects how I'm able to function in my friendships, relationships, especially when I was going to school often and I had to interact with people all the time in moments where I'm feeling that chronic burnout and overwhelm. And I have to be forced to say something or talk when I really don't want to and when I can't even process any sort of thoughts in my mind. Nowadays, when I experience being nonverbal, it's not necessarily because I feel overwhelmed or overstimulated. I think that's the interesting thing about this type of topic is that this is just a part of my characteristics of who I am. There's days where I'll wake up where I literally cannot speak for the life of me. There's moments where people will even ask me a question, you know, face to face, and I will literally just stare at them and not answer. Of course, if you think about someone like me doing that to you, you wouldn't feel good because you would just think that I'm ignoring you. But that's why a lot of the times autism does affect your interpersonal relationships because you do these things that are seen as not normal or are seen as negative. Like, oh, why is Irene ignoring me today? She's being really cold or something like that. When in reality, I'm just experiencing being very nonverbal and I can't bring myself to speak. Now here's where the spectrum comes in. On one hand, I don't experience being nonverbal 24 seven. It's only in specific times and those times don't necessarily have a rhyme or reason to it. Yes, it could be due to stress, burnout, meltdowns, shutdowns, but also I could be completely fine mentally and emotionally and just be nonverbal anyways. For example, there's moments where I'm nonverbal where I will force myself to speak anyways. Bothered when people didn't Um, 
it makes it that much it makes it that much hey guys mm. and people and likewise people with mental health disorders can can go on and live healthy healthy and flourishing healthy fulfilling and flourishing lives out there and find a lot of that they might be very care that they're really the ca the camouflaging autistic traits questionnaire the camouflaging the camouflaging autistic traits the camouflaging autistic traits questionnaire is an extremely useful and insightful self-report measure let's talk about ocd and autism There's moments where I can't afford to be nonverbal, so I still have to interact with customers, clients. Those are very essential things that I can't necessarily avoid, so I will force myself to still interact within a script. And I think having a script helps in these situations because you don't necessarily have to do the brain work. It's just that automatic script of things that you have to say or a certain type of exchange that you're used to doing on a subconscious level. And what that usually means is I cannot have full-blown conversations with people because that requires me to pay attention to what they're saying, process it, think about it, think about my responses, filter through my thoughts as to what is the most normal response or what is the response that I should say and be able to physically verbalize it to them. When I'm feeling nonverbal, I literally can't do that. And so how that translates is you're just a very cold, shut off person. You're that person that's always kept to themselves and everyone is just kind of thinking that you're not wanting to be around everyone else or not wanting to be around them. You're not happy to be there. In reality, you just feel this very intense physical barrier to be able to just process things and verbalize it. On days where being nonverbal is more severe for me, I literally can't bring myself to talk even if I want to or even if I have to. So what that looks like is if someone says something to me and I have a response to say, I literally cannot say it. It honestly feels like my mouth is shut, like my lips are sewn together. It feels like my teeth is just molded together as well and I just can't open my mouth. I can't even form thoughts. All I could really do is garden, crochet, listen to music, do different types of body movement, exercises, breath work, just kind of make things with my hands and do things with my body is what it is. Go on walks, meditate, things like that. If I could explain what it feels like to be nonverbal is if you think about Little Mermaid when she loses her voice, feeling as if you can't speak at all. It's like a physical response that is against your will. There's moments where you really want to or you really need to, but you just can't have anything come out of you, right? Being able to speak is a big part of a lot of our lives. It's not something we can commonly avoid unless you're just kind of self-sufficient living off in the middle of nowhere by yourself, which is 
you know, that's a goal of mine one day. Hopefully I could just live on a farm in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by animals, nature, my garden. That is my ultimate life that I want to live. But unless you're that person, you have to talk to your loved ones, your friends, or at least your coworkers and your clients if you are a person who has to work and make a living and things like that. I feel like a part of finding that sweet medium is knowing when to honor your nonverbal days or your nonverbal moments. Know when you can afford to honor that and not speak and not feel the need to speak. But on certain days where you need to or want to be able to still verbalize and talk, but you are experiencing being nonverbal, here is a few tips and tricks for you guys to test out at home and on your own time to see if it works for you. These are things that are so simple. It doesn't require you buying anything. It doesn't require any money. It honestly just requires you to put effort into doing these activities and checking in with yourself as to how well it works for you. So that is the positive news. So when it comes to getting yourself to come out of being nonverbal, I feel like it has to be a very physical type of warming up. If you think about actors or singers and how they have to do all of these vocal warm-ups before their performance, you have to think of it in that sense. You are basically warming yourself up to ultimately speaking again. And the ways that I do this is by humming and singing. What I'll do is I'll put my headphones Phones on and I will play some of my favorite music and I will challenge myself to hum the lyrics of the song and the melodies and if I really want to push myself even more I could start to sing the song and the lyrics and I feel like this is a very good way to connect yourself back to your voice in a very expressive free-flowing type of way that doesn't feel as if you are forcing yourself to do something against your will if that makes sense I feel like a big part of all of these tips is just you enjoying to use your vocal cords and your throat energy in ways that otherwise is extremely shut down and shut off from you. And so for me personally, the type of songs that helps me get out of being nonverbal are very powerful, passionate type of songs. Talking about energy here, songs that really activate your heart center and your throat center. You know, when you hear someone's voice or hear the instruments to the music, it just feels so powerful and you can feel the passion in the artist. I'll list an example of that song right here are the type of songs that if I were to hum it or sing along to it, it could really bring me out of that disconnect that I'm experiencing to my my throat energy, which is for me being nonverbal. Other things that are a little bit more gentle <laughs> on you and your body and your throat is instead of singing and humming, you could also practice reading out loud. So something that's very helpful to me is if I'm not in the mood to just belt out lyrics or a melody, I like to read out loud. So if you have books and you read already, this is amazing for you. But if you're not really a reader, you could just pop out an article on your phone or something like that and just practice reading a few paragraphs just to get your voice to kind of warm up to saying words without the pressure of formulating your thoughts into words. You know what I'm saying? So I've been experiencing being nonverbal quite often before filming these videos. And I don't know if you guys could see the difference yet because I try my hardest to edit them out. 
But I'm sure if you guys are really good at people reading or energy reading, you can really target in certain videos when I'm experiencing being nonverbal more intensely than others. I feel this sense of disconnect from my body and my words, and I feel a lot more robotic, less expressive. Even what I'm saying sounds a lot more robotic because I'm not able to really express myself accurately. And I'm sure you guys can likewise see certain videos where I'm a lot more expressive and my words are having an easier time coming out. But in general, when I'm experiencing being nonverbal before filming these videos, what has really helped me is to just crack out one of the books I'm reading and to read the first chapter out loud before I press record on my camera and film one of these videos. That is something that's really helped me as well. Another thing that's also really helped is face stretches. I know we talk all the time about stretching our bodies, doing body movement, but how many times have you guys stretched your face? Now, this is something that is so uncommon because I feel like moving your face too much is frowned upon because it's seen as abnormal. And I feel like it weirds people out. Like they would assume you're a crazy person or you're not normal or whatever is associated to moving your face too much. A lot of autistic people who are accustomed to masking and camouflaging are stiff in so many different ways with our hands, with our bodies. And another aspect of us that becomes stiff is our faces. That's why a lot of us struggle with TMJ and just jaw problems in general because we're just clenching all the time. I personally have a lot of jaw problems. Something that really helps activate me to talk and to express myself and just move is doing these certain types of face stretches like lion's breath. There's a certain type of face stretch that you will activate all these different types of muscles in your face that don't normally get activated. There are certain days where on top of being nonverbal, I will also feel that very specific tenseness in my face where everything feels glued together. All the muscles in my face are just so tight like it's stone. And I will have to do this specific type of face stretch in order to almost like stretch all of it back out in order for me to just like connect back to expressing myself vocally again. And this makes a lot of sense because if you guys believe in chakras and energy and all that, the throat chakra is just kind of emanating in this sort of area. So it makes sense that if you struggle with being nonverbal or selective mutism, it affects not only the ability to speak and verbalize, connect to your thoughts, but it also affects you in a physical aspect aspect where everything in this area is just so tense and closed off. And so, you know, these types of things like humming, singing, reading out loud, stretching your face are things that you can do to activate that energy, allow more flow to come in. And on an objective note, it's just warming up your vocal cords a little bit more and hopefully is going to help allow you to connect those thoughts into being able to verbalize it out loud. But yes, these are things that have tremendously, tremendously helped me when I am experiencing being nonverbal. This is something I experience pretty regularly, I would say. It's a pretty significant part of my autism. At least once a week, I am nonverbal. Whether or not that actually means I don't speak varies because sometimes I am nonverbal but will force myself to speak or will practice these types of things in order to get myself out of being nonverbal, but I at least experience being nonverbal once a week, if not more. I hope you
hope some of you guys try this out and let me know if it has actually been helpful for you. Other than that, thank you guys for watching today's video. Please take care of yourselves because you really deserve it. Bye guys.